Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. This is episode number 93, and in this show, I chat with a couple of new guests who've reached out to us over the interwebs. We meet two brothers from Pennsylvania, James and Ryan Krzbelkowski of Vilco Motorsports. So grab a beverage and join us around the fire at the virtual rally pub we call the Rallycast. Greetings. I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and wow, it's been a rough few weeks. Um, I meant to get this out actually uh, a couple weeks ago because I recorded this one like three weeks ago. And well, there's been a lot going on, uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, on the professional side, we moved our entire office from uh, my, my day job. Um, I'm an IT guy, so some of you guys may remember that, that I do. I'm a senior systems administrator. Uh, and so, you know, I manage all of our hardware, software, firewalls, all that stuff um, for all of our systems. And we migrated everything from our physical office uh, that we have to a data center. And that was a hell of a project. And that took up one of my weekends of normally where I'd be editing these things. And then um, the week after that, Sadly, um, my grandma of 93 years, well, I guess she wasn't my grandma 93 years, but she lived 93 years, uh, had just passed away. And uh, she was my last living grandma. And um, yeah, it was, it was kind of hard. Uh, she caught the coronavirus thing. And thankfully, it didn't drag on too long. It was only a couple of days she was in the hospital before she passed. So I guess that was somewhat good. She lived a full life, so I guess I can feel better in that. Um, but that made for a really rough week that week. Uh, she's one that I tend to have a lot of the traits from. She's the Sicilian one that, uh, oh man, could she cook. Uh, anyways, I got stories galore. You know, it was really interesting having the mixed feelings of both the sadness of her loss and, you know, all the things that I've learned from her over the years. But then the joy of reconnecting with a bunch of extended family and sharing stories and laughing um and so yeah it's been kind of this back and forth of sadness and yet enjoyment uh, of getting back with some of my dis more distant relatives so um, i do want to thank so many of you that reached out and uh gave me your condolences and whatnot it really did mean a lot both you know my my regular family and of course my extended rally family You've all been so supportive, and, and I appreciate that a ton. Um, but yeah, enough about that sad stuff. Um, another thing that was uh, slowing things down a little bit was I was trying to get uh, Jeremy Meyer, the uh, marketing director of ARA, on the show. And unfortunately, that didn't pan out as well. So I was trying to kind of do a combined show here. But uh, we'll try and catch him before Snowdrift and do a little bit of a preview with him because uh, we want to talk about the big Dirtfish media announcement and what that means on how we follow uh, the rally coming up. Also rally safe and uh, how we follow it that way. Uh, so yeah, some interesting stuff and exciting things I think coming up for Snowdrift. So uh, we'll get them on. But until then, we've got this show with uh, the Vilco Motorsports team. Uh, great young guys and uh, fun to have them on the show and give us their story. Go. Five right short over crest into second small crest 40. Full F plus nips. Hi, this is Alex and Rihanna Gelsomino from Oz Rally Pro, Advanced Rally Training. Are you new to rally or have you been rallying many years? No matter what your experience, we can progress you further. 
our classes are team training, driver pace note training or co-driver training that are tailored to each individual or team. Email osrallypro at gmail.com for further details. And as I said in my intro, welcome to the Rallycast Virtual Rally Pub. James and Ryan, let, let's see if I get this right, Prisbolkowski? Yep, that's right. First of all, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. And that first voice, is that James or is that Ryan? That's James. James. James, how are you doing and uh, what are you drinking? Not really drinking anything uh, alcoholic, but uh, some pure leaf tea. Hey, actually, I like that stuff. I, I keep some of the st stuff around all the time. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm having a Sour Monkey from Victory Brewing Company. Nice. Well, I am sticking with, I guess, kind of the more soury, sweetie kind of thing or whatever. I'm actually doing a um, a Portland Cider Company cider because, I don't know, it just sounded kind of refreshing to have. I don't know, for some reason, been on a little bit of a cider kick lately. So uh, there's a local cider company that we actually donated a bunch of our local fruits from our trees. We we have a couple of pear trees and we have a, a plum tree and all that stuff. Usually just makes a mess and we just throw all the stuff out. And they're like, give your stuff to us and we make this Portland community cider out of it. I'm like, oh, cool. And then they that had some other cool. ones there too. So uh, picked up some of their stuff. So it's a really neat concept though, right? Everybody can kind of donate in and it's a community cider. Yeah, I like that. It's like you're drinking your own product then. Exactly. So bought a bunch of cans of that stuff. And well, and if you donate a lot, you get these certificates to get free amounts of it. Um, I had like a growler and like three pints that they gave me for free for just giving away the stuff I would have thrown away anyway. Wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I'll take that. Anyways, enough about me. So really it's supposed to be about our guest, not about me and my stuff. Um, so you two are brothers, right? That's correct. So obviously interested in rallying as, as you're out there competing how did you guys get interested in this sport because uh it sounds like it sounds like a little bit of a family affair there uh yeah it uh kind of started uh back with uh uh i think it was the first year we ever attended was when ken block had switched over to uh ford and uh my uh grandparents live uh really close to uh wellsboro and we had kind of just stumbled upon it and then uh asked them about it. And of course they had known it's been happening for the many years that STPR has been happening. So we went up and we were definitely uh, not prepared for what all we ended up seeing that year, but it was uh, well worth it. And then ever since then, we'd been uh, completely hooked on to it. So that's kind of where it all started. So when you first drove up there, so you two both reside in uh, Pennsylvania then, right? That's correct. Yeah, but we, we are about four hours uh, southeast of uh, Wellsboro. Okay, so a little bit of a drive, but not too bad. Yeah, nothing's nothing's too bad. So uh, you guys obviously went up there, I'm guessing, just as spectators to begin with. Um, how many years have you been just going to the rally before you started competing? Uh, I think it was seven years uh, that we spectated before we had ever competed. Um, we were pretty hardcore spectators, um, trying to see every amount of stage mileage we could. And there was a lot of running through the woods and planning on Google Maps on my end to see that happen. We unfortunately never volunteered, um, something that we will probably get out and do here in the future now that we're a little bit more involved in the sport. Um, but 
Yeah, spectating STPR is really what got us hooked. Well, and that's one that you uh, have a lot of traveling around to try and find the different spots. Um, there's little side roads and things like that, and it, it takes some coordination for sure. Yeah, there was one time, uh, one of my favorite stories is the rally cars were on transit and we were driving the other direction as them. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh no, we're going the wrong way. This couldn't be any more worse. And wouldn't you know it, I was right. And we found our spot, but there was a lot of time in the woods with no cell phone reception and not a whole lot else to do, but try to go off of what you thought you knew. What then made you pull the trigger to start building cars? Because you guys both compete. You don't have just one car. You guys have, both have cars, right? Yeah, that's yeah. we both do. And I think it's probably because, I don't know, I guess the the looks of it seemed like it was a lot more fun than just spectating. So, you know, it was finding a cheap car and finding somebody to do the roll cage for the, the one car that we did build together and then – uh, you know, it kind of spiraled out of that and then into this, but it's, uh, it just kind of all happened. And it finally kind of just this year, all more came together for us to both compete at the same time. So what was your guys' first rally then? Uh, my first event was STPR 2019. I was in my 2000 Subaru Impreza NA4. A popular class. There's uh, always a ton of entries, a lot of competition in there. What was yeah, the experience it, like? Because, I mean, when, when you first start going into that, one thing, you know, I love about the sport is how, you know, we have such camaraderie. Com- Boy, I can almost talk tonight, and I haven't even drank that much yet. <laughs> but we have such good camaraderie in addition to the competition. So you're in a highly competitive class. You know, you show up there, never competed before. What was that like? It was a lot of fun. Um, I felt like uh, a lot of the preparation that we had done in years past and worrying and stressing about things like passing tech and just being prepared overall, uh, I think we overthought a lot of that. And once we showed up to our first event, we realized how smoothly it does run. But once we got in the car, uh, it was a pretty good experience. That STPR had a lot of red cross stages. And starting second to last on the road, that affected me. But for the stage mileage we got, we had a lot of fun. Um, I've been with the same co-driver since that event, uh, Bryce Proceus. The man with the stash. Yes, the rally stash. (laughs) Rally stash. Oh, yeah, he's fun. Uh, Yeah, he was with me when um, we we lost a a world champion. Um, (laughs) It was at uh, LSPR. Um, He was, uh, gosh, who did he co-drive for at that event? Um, Anyways. After party, things happened. We were with Petter Solberg, and suddenly he was missing. And <laughs> it was a hell of a night, you know. After parties, it happens. I'll have to hear the rest of that story from him then. <laughs> uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. But yes, he's an awesome co-driver. That's really cool. So were you with him then for that first event? Yes, uh, and I've been with him for all four events that I've done. Um and that's helped me greatly because uh, he is so experienced. Exactly. And he's yeah. been able to teach me a lot. Um, there's really nothing to be said for having an experienced co-driver start with you. So in 2019, that's uh, really kind of where we were really focusing on um, pretty much every event was write your own notes. Well, maybe we started the year before that with ARA. So what did you think of doing your own notes versus like the Gemba kind of thing as a, a newbie? 
Uh, well, so when I started, I did actually run off Jemba for STPR and Empire State Performance Rally in 2019. That was an interesting experience. I was thankful because we did not get to recce all of the stages at STPR. So we gotcha. did need that for that event. Then transferring to Southern Ohio this past year, that was my first experience writing notes. And I can definitely say I would never like to go back to Jemba. It was a good learning experience, and I felt a lot more confident in my own notes. So, of course, we, we've been leaving James out a little bit here. Um, so, you, again, you're a little bit more recent into the competing side. Uh, what do you think of the doing your own notes thing? Or have you been doing just Jemba so far? For my co-driver and I, him and I both, our first event was the New York Forest Rally. Um, so we did mostly the Jemba notes, but we did... Uh, Doing the recce up there, we did, you know, modify it to a degree. So mm -hmm. for us starting out on our first event and like uh, getting the car dialed in and figuring out what things need to be adjusted afterwards, it overall, it was a really good experience for, for both of us. I can't really say I have any real complaints there. It was great to finally get out and actually do it because I had pitted for my brother for the three previous, well, two previous rallies. And uh, it's not as much fun as uh being able to drive so yeah <laughs> sitting in service waiting to work on the car not nearly as much fun every now and then yeah. you could do a spectate but yeah <laughs> yeah i mean ohio wasn't too bad because we did uh spectate the i think that was the second second stage towards the tail end of it so that was nice but uh ohio was uh brutally hot and quite uncomfortable yeah and then when it's yeah hot dark uncomfortable <laughs> all yeah, kinds of things yeah Oh yeah! Oh, the humidity. Ugh. And it was a long, it was a long drive back too from at five a.m. We didn't sleep a whole lot that that weekend. And that is actually one of the convenient things about Gemma. And I try not to take sides on it. Um, I just I like to always just kind of get a feel for the notes thing because it seems like everybody that I've talked to once they've done their own notes they would never go back. But for those that is their first time. It's like, it's really nice to have something that's already prepared just to kind of get you kind of familiar with even the concept, you know, of, of, uh, of the notes thing. So yeah, it's interesting how, uh, how that's kind of played out over the years of just interviewing different people. And I don't know, I don't know if I'd want to start out just completely blind, essentially, you know, for your first rally, it's certainly helpful because there's a lot of different things going on and there's a lot of other elements that play into doing it, you know, with, possibly worrying about your car and what needs done or doesn't need done and it makes it a little bit easier to uh it it's a little less stress to think about you know and you're also not trying to go out and you know win the race obviously so you know my my biggest thing for new york was to at least finish it with no issues so and we did that and that was the that was the key so so uh ryan we we're hearing about your car it's an na4 right so that mean but james you're in a different class they, yeah, in the limited four-wheel drive. So that means you're running the turbo and all that stuff. Uh, Why did yeah. you choose to go that route? The car was cheap. <laughs> Why the car was cheap to start. After that, it was just everything. No real rhyme or reason, I don't think. It's just that's what it was, and that's what we went with. Probably looking looking back and knowing what we know now, it would certainly be easier to do the NA4. So, But it's the, the, the battle we chose. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's definitely that, you know, getting in the entry part of it versus, yeah, having the ongoing costs, right? So yeah. the, the barrier to entry was a little bit less maybe in getting that car to begin with. I can see that. So 
you guys both been doing this a, a couple of times. Well, you did it just the once now, James. Um, had that first experience. Let's talk about New York because that was a brand new event for everybody. Uh, tell us what that event was like because, for one, they threw together really quick. It sounds like uh, they had some really good roads. Uh, the event was fantastic. The organizers, uh, I know uh, McKenna Motorsports and Martin Brady were involved heavily. Uh, they did a fantastic job. Every question was answered before we showed up to the event. Everything was run very professionally. The stages were in great condition. Uh, we had run those at Empire State the year before, but with Barry's crew going through the roads and cleaning them up, it was like a completely different event. It was one of the best run events that we have been to yet. I can definitely say that. Wow. Not bad for a first timer <laughs> event there. Um, well, I think they used, you know, people that came from the ESPR as far as some of the people helping out with that. So I think that probably helped out too. So you had some people with a lot of experience and a lot of people that run events or, you know, compete in events that uh, were able to help. So that's, that's what's really cool. Yeah. Martin Brady worked really hard on that one to throw it together. And yeah, the hours that he had to put in, in addition to prepping to compete and stuff too, that's, that's, that takes a lot. <laughs> I'm an organizer myself and uh, for an event for Oregon Trail out here. And it takes a lot of people doing a lot of things and uh, definitely a big challenge there. So now that you guys have both done that event and uh, for Ryan, you doing a couple others, uh, anything that you plan on uh, updating on the car to if, find any niggling things that you got to repair on? Because I think you guys are both in the shop getting things uh, prepped, right? Uh, yeah, we both are. Um, definitely have had some things to readjust braking wise. And uh, so got that sorted out here recently. And uh, just a few like tidbits with like the intercom system and readjust. I uh, ended up buying a new seat, something slightly more comfortable than what I previously had. So. No, nothing major, just all small, minor changes to hopefully make it a, a better go of it the next time. And, of course, the new fire suppression systems. I was just going to ask about that. Um, obviously, there's some new rules that came out and whatnot, and uh, having to get that new fire suppression system in there. And are you guys uh, have those in already, or are you still working on it? Uh, we have not purchased ours yet. Still kind of looking around for what's going to be the right move. And mm -hmm. uh, We're still a little ways out from our first event this year, which will be Empire State. So we have some time on that. It's, is uh, is, it, is Empire State going to run as Empire State this year, or is it going to be New York Forest Rally again? There will be two versions of it, okay. as I believe. One in the spring and one in the fall, but both sanctioned under ARA. I oh, believe. okay. Well, that's cool. Actually, I didn't see that come across the news feed yet. Um, at least for you guys, then you only have to get the one license, right? So Exactly. It makes it a little bit easier, of course. I know you guys are just getting started started out. So, how's the performance improvement been? Uh, it has been good. Um, Ohio was a difficult event to judge and increase in speed on, uh, just because of the darkness and adjusting to those conditions. Uh, I'd never really raced a stage in that complete darkness before. But at New York Force Rally, I felt a lot more confident in the car. We did have a uh, suspension issue which kind of ended our competitive rally and some of our push, but the car still feels good. And just really learning what the car is going to do on gravel is a completely new experience and just figuring out what that is going to be like. And what about for you, James? Uh, feel like that over the event you're increasing your pace and getting better and better, or uh, feel like you need to go to school a little bit and uh, maybe do some more practicing? Um, I would actually say for, as the weekend went on, we did 
our times got a little bit better and better. So I think uh, after some of the improvements I just made here recently with the braking system and a slightly nicer seat, uh, I think uh, the comfortability, being more comfortable in the car, will uh, that we can improve on the speed a little bit. And uh, my uh, co-driver being a little less, uh, uh, he was a little bit uh, preoccupied with the COVID, some of the COVID stuff. So I'm hoping uh, with COVID, hopefully soon uh, taking a little bit of a back seat for everybody that it'll maybe uh, make his mind a little bit easier. So, but I, overall, I think we'll uh, do a little bit better. For me, the biggest thing is always at least finishing an event. I don't really ever want to not be able to uh, finish it. Well, to finish first, first you got to finish, right? Um, but, but you bring up a good point. You know, feel is is everything, right? Yeah, if you're comfortable, then you can better understand what the car is telling you. Yeah, and that's where I felt like with how I had the seat originally set up in the car, it wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. So we did a few modifications and like I said, got a different seat, something that fits me a little bit better because I'm on the taller side. And so I didn't really like where I was positioned. So I think now with uh, having tested it out, driving around where we live and it feels a lot more comfortable. So I think it'll be easier to focus more on the road and how all that looks. Do you guys have any like uh, local rally crosses or um, rally sprints that you guys can use to kind of as a, a shakedown and, and testing to kind of get you guys prepped for the next bigger event? The, the big thing we have around here is a lot of hill climbs. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. We have uh, the PA Hill Climb Association. It would have been really nice had those been able to run this year. And it, actually, the, the big one that's the closest to us, which is only about like 45 minutes away, is the Pagoda Hill Climb in Reading, PA. That's going to hopefully be something we can attend this year and do a bunch of. So that's what we're looking to do. And the cost is a lot cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys have uh, other rallies from around the area that tend to do those? Uh, couldn't actually tell you too much on that right now, um, as we haven't been able to get out to many of those events, but it doesn't seem like there's a very large community, uh, here in Lancaster or the surrounding area, but just trying to grow it and do more things. One of our sponsors is, uh, Faulkner Subaru Harrisburg. Uh, so we're going to be trying to put on some car meets with them and, uh, display the cars and try to gain some more interest and get some more people into the sport. Well, you need those guys for crew, right? Absolutely. <laughs> That's a recruiting tool. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you know, rally cars always tend to draw a crowd. You know, I, it's funny. I've been to like some cars and coffee stuff that we have out West here and whatnot when obviously pre COVID times, but the rally car, whenever we, there's a rally car there, people swarm around the damn thing. In, I mean, you have supercars and stuff like that there, Lamborghini, Ferrari, whatever. People swarm the freaking rally car every time. Yeah, I think there's just uh, an appreciation for what we can do, and there aren't many other forms of motorsport where the drivers are as crazy, and the cars need to be just as strong to keep us safe and all of that. So so have you had kind of a, any aha moments like – you know, you're out there competing. You're like, oh, I get it now. Because I, I always find that kind of fun is, you know, you talk to some folks that there's just some point where just the feel, you just it almost becomes robotic. You're just like, I, I, I'm in it. Yeah, um, I've definitely experienced some of those moments. Uh, one of the funnier ones, I think, was uh, a moment at STPR where we came into uh, a right four, maybe probably a little bit too hot. Just the way you could feel the car go, go sideways and the 
if in doubt, flat out, and and you get back in the throttle and you feel what it's going to do, and you you say, oh, okay, that's cool. I can I can do that on the next turn, and you keep going, and you build confidence like that. I must say, one of my favorites uh, with STPR has got to be what's it, ASIF? That yeah. stage uh, with that spectator area right there at the uh, the park where the cars go right flying through. Probably one of the best spectating places you'll find uh, in Northeast Rallying. It is just spectacular views from there. And you guys just go haul and butt through there, cross, go across that little bridge. Do, do you show off a little bit when you see the fans? Uh, yeah, I try to. Um, <laughs> just to uh, get a little more attention and get it, get our names out there a little bit. Because we're definitely not the fastest out there. So if we can uh, impress somebody in some way, then that means a little bit of something. So plans are to first event you said is going to be the ESPR. So that's going to be in the spring. Uh, all goes well. Everybody's got their fingers crossed, I think, for the whole season of this stuff. Um, and then uh, New York Forest Rally later after that. Um, STPR as well on the list, if, if, that, if all goes well there, or going to stick to the New York rounds? Definitely both the New York rounds and, uh, and hopefully STPR, and then also hopefully uh, Ohio again. And uh, so hopefully we can... If all the professional sports can keep going along, I don't see why we can't keep going. I mean, uh, rally is the epitome of social distancing, really. So I don't under, it, it's hard to understand sometimes why it doesn't always uh, go through. So hopefully everybody can learn to de- learn to work through the COVID so everybody can have fun again. Yeah, I think I think the big challenge is, is uh, you know, at least for me as an organizer, is the states and stuff themselves are like, Anything that's an organized event, they'll automatically have 300 people there. Um, think about, you know, crews and all that stuff. They just don't want an event that would have that many people in one place. Even though that you're outdoor and all that stuff, they just they don't think about it that way, right? They just think, that's an event, this many people know. Yeah, so, unfortunately, but like I said, I mean, all the professional sports have been cruising along. So, yep. I mean, it's. I think this year uh, everybody's going to learn to work through it a little bit better so hopefully everything can keep going exactly yeah I think, it, it, uh, was, it was pretty disappointing to miss stpr this year because that's definitely uh one of the best events around i mean even just spectating it is a lot of fun so uh any thoughts of going all the way up to new england uh there are some thoughts about it uh i was actually just talking to bryce about it uh last week it seems like there's a uh that's a two hour longer tow than ohio that's not too much farther then no it's not but it's kind of between the two and ohio is seeming like the nicer drive to tow to so i think we're gonna stick with that for this year but probably branch out a little bit more next year once we have some more experience and seat time and know the cars a bit better so you guys are uh, playing with rally cars for fun time what do you guys do for a day job uh, i do uh, residential construction some higher end stuff for people where we're at so nothing too exciting what about you ryan i'm a automotive technician so there you go so you got the experience right there or is it uh with Stuff that's not really related to the car you drive. Uh, no, it's pretty related. So there's some long days of being at work and wrenching on cars and coming home and wrenching on cars, but it's uh, it's all worth it when you can go fast through the woods. Very true. Very true. Then, then you got to ha- hand over some of those duties though to to somebody else because you're gonna be busy driving. Let somebody else do the uh, tweaking of the car, right? Yeah, I have to say that's uh, one of the harder aspects of it to 
remember to remove myself and walk away and go get food and let them do their job and I do my not job. hover. Yep. <laughs> oh, you'd be one of those bosses. Yeah, that'd be obnoxious. <laughs> That's okay. I totally understand. I'm an IT guy, and I've got a coworker that he sometimes goes about things just differently. Not necessarily wrong. In my brain, sometimes it means wrong, but he still gets the same conclusion. So it's like I need to just hold back, right? Yep. So what are the the future plans beyond this, though? So you guys got you know again sticking kind of the local area. Is there any uh, aspirations of Maybe going for a national championship or something like that, or just more about keeping that local feel and uh, getting more local people involved in not just what you guys are doing, but in the sport as a whole. Uh, I mean, there's definitely uh, a desire to see more of the country uh, via rallying. We've definitely always looked at Oregon Trail Rally as one we've wanted to go to. Of course, that's the furthest one away. But now we're closing in on maybe being ready for that. Obviously, we have a bit to prove to ourselves and our driving and that before it's really worthwhile to make that commitment. But eventually, uh, I would definitely like to. And even in an event like Snowdrift, it, it is far away, but it seems so enticing. You, you just want to be there. and You want to race on Bonfire Alley and do all those things. So I'm sure someday we'll get out there and move a little bit past Ohio. You know, we, we always liked seeing, uh, you know, this young talent of, of folks that are just able to just increase the the volume that we've got in this sport. And I think what's really cool is that, you know, here you guys are, you know, guys that just happen to stumble across rallying. You didn't have a family member involved. You, it wasn't like right next door. You just happened to stumble upon it uh, being visiting relative. And I mean, I, I, I love that draw. I love that. You know, people go out there, once they see it, they're like, oh, wow, I got to be a part of this thing in some way or, you know, and then you became competitors that today they opened up the, uh, so it is uh, Wednesday that we're recording this and they opened up the, uh, the, the, um, boy, words again, hard today. <laughs> they opened up for, uh, folks to, uh, to, to register there we go opened up registration these words now are going to come out of my mouth all right they opened up registration for 100 acre wood today and inside of a couple of hours they had like 70 entries and that level of excitement of people that want to get in they want to compete i've not seen this in a long and even with covid times right i mean everybody's kind of worried about their finances. There's people still worried about their jobs, man. People love this sport with such a passion and they want to get out there and they want to, they want to go tear it up, have some fun. Uh, It's a family of people that they really want to go see. And it's, it's just really encouraging. And to have you guys, again, folks that didn't really know much about it until maybe a YouTube video you saw, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what happened with us. I mean, it was uh, it actually happened to be uh, my sister's, uh, which is now ex-boyfriend that we uh, we also stay in touch with. Uh, that he uh, he's the one that event- uh, that originally kind of got us into it, and then I had just like Googled it, and that's how I ended up finding STPR, and it was just like let's go try it for a weekend, and we'll stay at my grandparents, and then it was like holy shit, this is pretty cool, and you know now it's like it's that's all a thing of the past. So it was. Uh, and really, looking back on it, I wish we would have known more what we came out to see because we saw some pretty awesome stuff at that uh, first rally, and we just we had no idea what we were doing, you know. And it was it was pretty well hooked from from the beginning. So, if I gave you guys a uh, a blank check and we could, uh, this is an old question I used to ask a long time ago, 
and you could do anything to help improve rallying as you know new guys to the sport what would you want to change or improve from what you've seen so far uh i would say on my end some of the safety aspects just seeing so many red crosses myself and being in those situations i think there's some improvement that could be made to some of those systems and response situations but obviously it's challenging i mean we're out in the woods and there's no cell phone reception and all that so some things on that end uh, i think would be helpful but other than that i feel like uh, i've gotten my money's worth for every event that i've come to i've really appreciated all of the efforts that have been put forth uh, by the organizers and by ARA. What about you, James? Any thoughts on that? Not that I could necessarily think of. The only complaint that I would necessarily have is when we, when I was crewing for him at STPR, uh, his first year would be uh, that the where the service park was. Oh, the mud. That that, that was not uh, that that would have been a, a gravel parking lot. But besides that, I mean. I didn't really want to have to use waders to get around everywhere over there. It was so. bad. It that was, was, it was so pretty, bad. It was pretty brutal. <laughs> there were some spots that were just a total lake. If I worked at the landfill and that's what I said was flat, I would be pretty embarrassed, but that's not really for me. So that <laughs> well, just seems was... like a common common theme over there. Well, and, and I think part of it was also that, well, actually, I think part of the problem was it was almost too flat, meaning that it didn't drain. It all puddled, right? So you just had these lakes when that rain came down, and it just came down ferociously that day before. Um, if it was dry out, it might have been okay, but the ground was also just so soft, right? They had just basically taken a, you know, just kind of plowed that out of there, right? Um, using their uh, their cats or whatever, and yeah, it just it, wasn't... It was, it was pretty awful. I just know that whole week up there from what my grandfather had said that it was like, I think it was had rained since Wednesday. So it was, mm -hmm. there was just, and I think that made that event kind of tough, but that's Agreed. probably the only downfall of it moving, having it had moved to September was that when it was at the beginning of June, you always got one of those random thunderstorms and it knocked the dust down. And then, but that was always the perfect time for that event up there at the beginning of June. Yeah. Uh, it's always hard to fit a calendar. You want to have where the teams can move around the country, right, in, in, a, in a reasonable fashion instead of kind of crisscrossing too much. It makes it a little bit easier for those doing at least the national championship. So yeah, I can understand the reasoning for the move to, to, the, to September, but um, I do like the challenge of when, when uh, STPR is a little wet, but not like pouring buckets wet, you know? A little bit of slick's cool though, right? You got you have to you, you get you get that little bit of slime on top of that uh, on top of some of those fast stages. You got to be just a little bit more careful, but I think it also make it kind of a little more challenging and fun. I think that's part of it that uh, the first first year of it being in the fall and that rain. I think everybody was probably a little bit used to that uh, original STPR uh, situation where it was always dry and dusty and. There was none of that slippery. So I think uh, that played a big factor in that. But I think in the years to come, uh, that'll change just because everyone will be more aware of that. Um, there will definitely always be a bit more moisture in those roads that mm -hmm. time of year. So your team is called Vilco Motorsports. So how did the name Vilco come out? I'd have to kind of think back on how my wife kind of had thought of it. 
I get it. Well, it has to do with uh, it's Polish for wolf, and then I guess uh, having uh, we have a Siberian Husky, so kind of uh, on the wolf side of that, and it just kind of uh, filtered back in through that, and that's kind of where it came about. And then Ryan had a friend at work who was uh, into graphic arts, and then she had kind of came up with the, des the design for it, and it's kind of uh, all from there. Well, yeah, I love your guys. Your logo looks really cool. Um, you know, definitely some cool stuff to put on the liveries and whatnot for uh, for your team of Vilco Motorsports. And how can all of our uh, followers follow you guys and how you guys uh, improve and, and get faster and faster on the stages? Uh, we have Instagram, YouTube, and we do have a website as well. That's all just Vilco Motorsports. And you can find us there and see some of the stuff that we have. Just trying to grow that right now and get some more content that's really been the hardest part not having too many events done there aren't too many photos that we have of ourselves racing so working with what we've got and trying to show off what we do in the garage and that kind of stuff as well well look forward to uh seeing you guys hopefully out on the stages um i don't i don't know what i'm going to be out doing this year uh yet but uh there, there's definitely some some great events that are still gonna I, i'm sure they'll happen this year maybe some of them more towards the later season i don't know Snowdrift definitely looks like it's going to happen. 100 Acre Wood uh, is a strong maybe. Um, and I guess the farther into this season we get, the more likely they are to occur, I think. So, um, and we've got a pretty good plan of how we've done the touchless thing. You know, I was up at uh, Olympus, and uh, the way they did that one, it worked out pretty darn well. Everybody, you know, stayed socially distanced. We've got all the technology now where you just download everything on through your you know uh at back at the hotel or whatever and you can do uh get all your root books and all that stuff uh you don't need to have to actually touch a lot of things it's it's actually they've, they've come up with a pretty good plan that i think is good just for the future in general when covid's all gone so uh so anyways looking forward to seeing you guys uh at an event in the future and stay safe uh get those cars all prepped and uh good luck at the next one Cool. Thank you for having us. Yep. Thank you. Well, thank you again to James and Ryan for being on the show. You know, I love these two guys reach out to us uh, because they're still new to stage rally. And I think it's great to hear how our sport gains new competitors um, at all levels. And they're de definitely the definition of grassroots, right? They're just getting going. Uh, they're trying to figure out where kind of their niche is and trying to better themselves right now more than anything. Uh you know, it's funny, you know, as much as there's great competition in our sport, it's also very solitary and, you know, folks just trying to make every corner that much better and uh, learning how to just improve themselves and their car. And, uh, you know, sometimes that's just enough for some folks out there, right? Uh, they're not really competing against someone else more than just competing against themselves. So uh, we'll see where these guys stack up over time, but uh, it's neat to, neat to see, you know, especially how they're getting their community involved and that... You know, they want to, you know, get crew from uh, the local area. They're going to go to local car meets with their rally cars and stuff like that to bring that knowledge to maybe bring some future volunteers and uh, maybe future competitors will come after them from that uh, outreach that they're doing. So I think it's just really, really cool. So anyway, now for another episode of The View from the Right Seat with our friends from Oz Rally Pro, Alex and Rihanna Gelsomino, and they're going to talk about ARA's new fire suppression system requirements. 
Hi, Mike, and hi to all the listeners of the podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, something that uh, was announced by RA a few weeks ago, and, uh, and I think it's, it's one of those steps that... Uh, ARA is uh, developing and uh, in, in lining up with the other rules uh, uh, worldwide when it comes to especially safety rules. I mean, I, I remember starting in the 90s rallying and uh, the fire system was already mandatory or, or was, I can't remember if it was mandatory back then, but it was vastly used by all competitors. You know, it's been a, a tool that has been mandated by the FIA for you know, many, many years now in national and international events. So it's great to see RA implementing that rule and obviously brings some uh, extra costs to the competitor, especially at the grassroots level. But, you know, you can't put a price to, um, to safety, of course. Yeah, I think that, like Alex just mentioned, it's been something that we've had in cars for many years, you know, in other countries we've been competing in, but not necessarily here. Luckily for us... Um, Many of our drivers still chose to have them in the car, even though they weren't required. It's a bit, it's a bit like um, Alex and I choosing to wear, you know, balaclavas and the underwear and the boots and socks. You know, that's a choice we make for our safety and things like that. So, you know, many drivers here in America have already been choosing to take this extra safety. And you know, there's one thing that I want people to understand with this new rule that's coming in, like I've read many comments about the fact that, you know, it's not going to save your car. Well, the reason this is being brought in, it's not to save cars. Unfortunately, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to save us. So for me personally, I was in a fire in 2014 with Nick Roberts. We didn't crash or anything. We had a mechanical failure where our prop shaft broke, punctured the fuel tank. And then all of a sudden when we're flying along on a straight, you know, our car bursts into flames. Um, Nick and I come to a stop really quickly. As soon as Nick opened his door, the whole car was engulfed with flames. So I try to open my door. Same thing happened to me. We we set off the suppression, the fire suppression system. I was able to get out over Nick's side. I was burnt, but I was alive. So for me personally, you know, knowing what that did for me in that, you know, 10 seconds or whatever it was, you know, it felt like a lifetime at the time when, you know, you're getting burnt and you don't know what's going to happen. Am I going to get out of this car? But knowing that Nick had all those safety requirements in the car and also I was wearing my boots, socks, balaclava, fireproof underwear, you know, the suit, which is obviously required anyway. Um, those things meant that, you know, I'm here today and I can talk about it and, and luckily my burns healed really well and, you know, you can barely even tell that it happened. But, you know, from my point of view, this is something that I truly believe saved my life and I hope people can think about it from that safety perspective of it rather than thinking about, you know, it's not going to save cars because that's not the use of this, this you know, piece of equipment. <laughs> Well, and I think the the other thing that, that I would think about there, you were trying to get out on a straight, right? And just think of the extra time if you guys were off the road at an incline or whatever and how much more difficult and how that time to get out is so precious, right? Yeah, for sure. Like like I said, we'd come through a chicane, we're on a straight, um, and then all of a sudden, like I say to Nick, fire, fire, and, you know, we slam on the brakes, you know, the car slid sideways a bit, but there was nothing around us, you know, we... We weren't upside down after a crash or something like in Ken and Alex's case when they had their fire and they'd had an accident. You know, that's really scary when you're trying to get out of a car and, and it's upside down or something like that or you've just been in a crash. But luckily in Nick's and my case, um, you know, it was a mechanical failure. So, 
you know, we're in a situation where the car was just in the middle of the road. We had no objects stopping us from getting out of the car other than the fact that the fire was, you know, engulfing the entire car. And as you know, with fire, you know, you give it some oxygen. So as soon as Nick opened that door, it made it really, you know, um, drag the flames through the car even more. So for me, when I tried to open my door, it, it caused the fire to, you know, become even greater on my side. So by us, you know, starting that fire suppression system and, and, in, and putting that in place, it meant that even though I had to climb out over Nick's side, so on the opposite side of the car, which obviously took more time as well, um, it meant that even though I got burns, they weren't as severe as they definitely would have been if, if we didn't have that. And same thing for me, Mike. Uh, when Ken and I had a mechanical issue that caused a rollover at New England Force Rally a few years ago, the car landed on the on the four wheels. So we, like on Rhiannon's accident, uh, uh, we were in the same situation. We were in the best case scenario where the car was completely, you know, flat you know, on the four wheels. So we weren't in a stressful scenario of being upside down or not being able to open the doors. So I just couldn't open my door because. It was touching a small tree i had to wait for for ken to get out but that extra seconds uh, that uh, the fire suppression system allow you know means they kept things on the safe side as far as the crew goes and allowed us to get out you know um, you know without any any issues i know you're not car builders or engineers but uh, one thing i've noticed is there's two different system types this afff which sounds like a, it's got a, some sort of liquid uh, type system in a foam system, and then a Novec system, which is, I guess, a, a gas. Um, have you two experienced both of those or know anything about those two differences? I don't uh, know the technicalities between the two, but the systems that I've used in, in the cars I compete regularly normally is the first one that you mentioned, you know. So um, it, it is, I know that the, the technology is continuously evolving when it comes to that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if five years from now there is going to be even greater technology that, you know, allows for extinguishing, you know, flames in even quicker times. But uh, I'm not 100% sure, like you, like you mentioned, you know, it's, no, it's strictly an engineering side and, and that technology evolution, I'm not aware of it. And for me, I'm the same as Alex. I've only experienced the first one and I've actually experienced accidentally setting it off twice as well, which oh? is an idea. Yeah, one time I remember back in 2007, Brenda and I were in the Subaru and we're at testing and one of us, I can't remember, accidentally let the belt fling over and it, and it, it um, pushed the button and away it went. And then last year in 2020, when I was with Liam, um, he accidentally, I think it was his seatbelt as well, accidentally made it go off. So I've had two situations where it accidentally went off and foam went everywhere, wet seats, wet, wet books, everything. But at least we knew it worked, which is a good thing. <laughs> it's funny because about 10 years ago, I had also an accidental uh, discharge of the fire system, but it wasn't caused by myself or by Ken. We were leading the rally at that point and uh, the, the cars were all in a regroup and we, we suspected one of our competitors didn't like the fact that we were leading them and uh, and just set the fire system off. Anyway, we came back and uh, uh, all the pace notes were drenched and the car was full of foam and we carried on to win the event, you know, but it was an interesting uh, scenario to having to deal with. Well, there you go, folks. The fire suppression systems definitely adds a lot of time to 
get out safely. Uh, obviously not designed to save the car, although that would give you time to maybe pull out a bottle and, uh, you know, to uh, actually maybe get that extinguisher in the right spot and possibly save the car in that case or, or next competitor comes by. But uh, thank you, too, for giving us your insight in there. And uh, make sure you keep the seatbelts away from that trigger. <laughs> all right. That's the view from the right seat. We'll be right back. And again, thank you all for listening to the Open Paddock Rallycast presented by Oz Rally Pro. This next week, we'll be previewing Snowdrift, and we'll get a few guests on to uh, give us their insight. Until then, I'm your host, Mike Shaw, reminding you to keep it shiny side up. Woo! <laughs>